Well, good afternoon from London, but also good afternoon from Warsaw. I'm delighted to have Merrick Olixson back with us. Uh, Eric, you may remember uh, Merrick spoke with us last year about e-signatures, uh, and today he's going to be looking at AI-made inventions and AI-created works in Europe. What does this have to do with my business? Now, many of you will know that I'm a bit of a pedant, and I keep saying it should be called AI, it should be called machine learning. But today I'm going to relax, break the rules a little bit, uh, and we're going to have an exploration because uh, what Merrick has done is to tease out a very, very interesting issue and one that we in the UK, oddly, might be slightly behind on. And uh, you'll see in a minute what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, uh, you'll know me. I'm Michael Minelli. I'm one of the directors of Zen. And it really is a privilege to be able to introduce so many fun and fascinating webinars. But I can only do so thanks to the tolerance. Uh, and uh, really, I do mean the tolerance of our sponsors who allow us to range widely and freely across technology, economics, and finance. Now, as many of you will know, uh, one of the greatest uh, battlegrounds uh, probably of the 21st century is, is looming out to be very much patent warfare, trademark warfare, uh, design uh, warfare. And we're seeing a, a huge area there. Zien was very involved in this, uh, in the creation of the Global Intellectual Property Index. But one of the things that we've found over the years is that people are now interacting in so many different ways. Uh, Lawrence Lessig at Harvard made a comment that these days, the only film that you could shoot legally is basically two naked people in a white room. Uh, and that this is one of the difficulties. Intellectual property rights are becoming more and more confusing. And uh, we're gonna let Merrick range widely and freely across that in a moment. Uh, but just before we do so, uh, three quick points of housekeeping. Uh, firstly, yes, the slides uh, will be up. In fact, I believe are up on the chat room area uh, for you. Thanks to Peter, who's in the background producing uh, this session. Uh, secondly, uh, we will be having the recording up in approximately two working days. So it should be up probably late Friday. And again, available and fun and free to share with colleagues and friends. But lastly, uh, questions. We really would like some questions for the question and answer session, and this this should certainly generate quite a few uh, and maybe some interesting examples from all of you. But questions, comments, and observations through the GoToWebinar facility, please, because I'm here with you. So if you text me, signal me, WhatsApp me, email me, that's great. I, I love hearing from you, uh, but I won't be able to feed them into the uh, to the question and answer session with Merrick. Merrick will be getting all of the questions and answers with your questions or with your emails attached. So if you want a point of detail or get back to him, just just uh, stick it in the chat room, and I make sure that he gets it just a bit later on. But anyway, at this point, uh, Merrick, over to you. The floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you for so uh, warm welcome, and I'm very happy to be with you and uh, with the attendees again. This time, I'm uh, delighted to present one of the let's say most hotly debated topics uh, in the IP field, uh, which is uh, inventions uh, being made by and works being created by artificial intelligence or machine learning uh, tools. So Thank I'm happy you, to... <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still learning about that. Uh, and speaking of which, actually, uh, this, uh, this is a good startup uh, for our discussion uh, because uh, when we discuss uh, inventions being made by uh, machine learning algorithms or deep learning algorithms or uh, works being created by artificial intelligence as such, 
there is always some kind of uh, tension or discussion around what should be understood as artificial intelligence as such uh, after all. And without going into a detailed discussion on this point, uh, I think it is worth noting that we have like quite a fresh approach right now, at least from the European Commission, because uh, after, let's say, different approaches and different understandings being create, uh, presented by uh, legislators, by uh, legal uh, authorities, uh, by scientists, uh, there is this broad, uh, this fresh, uh, broad proposal from European Commission uh, for a definition of artificial intelligence system. It was set up in the artificial intelligence regulation, which was proposed most recently in April uh, this year by by the EC Commission. And according to this document, uh, the Commission proposes a very very broad understanding of what should be considered an AI system. And they propose that it should mean software that is developed with one or more of the techniques and approaches listed in annex to this draft regulation and can, for a given set of human defined objectives, generate outputs such as content, predictions, recommendations or decisions influencing the environments they interact with. And until now, there was not so much controversy uh, behind that until we have a look on the Annex 1 to this regulation, where we can read what kind of AI techniques and approaches the Commission has in mind. And they are indeed broad, because they mention not only machine learning approaches, like supervised, unsupervised, reinforced learning, using a wide variety of methods, uh, including deep learning, but also logic and knowledge-based approaches, which include uh, knowledge representation, inductive programming, knowledge bases, inference and deductive engines or reasoning and expert systems. But what is more, they also put into the same basket statistical approaches, Bayesian estimation and search and optimization methods. I think it's uh, we, we, we are at the foreday of quite important and interesting discussion about uh, the common understanding and the common legal understanding behind uh, artificial intelligence. And this may also impact uh, the key points of our today meeting, which is inventions and works being created by AI. So yeah, we can uh, uh, go ahead. And, well, that's, uh, a great, that's a great one, though, Merrick. I, I think, though, that they've, they've at least answered my question for the first time on AI. AI is everything in Annex I. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That's that, that, that's a very good approach, and 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 I think you are not the only one who 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 uh, who, who thinks about this this way. And we'll see. We'll see what will come out uh, from this draft regulation and which version will be final. So let's see. And as regards uh, artificial intelligence as inventor, uh, we thought it would be a good moment to start with an interesting uh, poll uh, for you, uh, just to, to check your approach on, uh, on uh, inventions being made by AI. And here's the question, uh, which we would be very happy to hear your view on. Uh, do you think that patents for inventions made exclusively by AI algorithms? So answer one should mm -hmm, should yeah, not so. be granted at all. Mm -hmm. Answer B may be granted to AI or its legal successor, or perhaps you would think that may be granted to the owner of the AI algorithm. Great. Well, that poll's been launched, and as you know, Marek, from previous experience, our audience is very fast on the trigger and well over <laughs> half have voted. Uh, I'll leave this poll open just a few seconds longer. Three quarters of the audience have voted, 80% have voted. Uh, we're well over the 80% mark. 
There we go. And I'm now just going to close that poll and share the results with everyone. And uh, basically, uh, okay. over 60%, nearly 70% say may be granted to the owner of the AI algorithm. That's very, very interesting. And thank you very much uh, for, for your answers and your thoughts on this. Uh, and I think that, uh, thank you also for a very fast uh, reply. It was as fast as the e uh, European Patent Office uh, provided in its recent decision, which I'll <laughs> point in a second concerning Dabu's invention. Perhaps you have heard about that. But uh, as a starter, uh, why this aspect is for us uh, and for the business important at all? And uh, uh, a question is whether it's not just an academic uh, discussion behind that, which is uh, which is devoid of any legal or practical relevance. And the answer for this is it does matter because inventions uh, open a way to patent, which means monopoly, which means monopoly throughout certain territory and in a given time period. And it uh, provides uh, a very good tool for uh, competition uh, advancement uh, among uh, on the market. But in order to get a patent monopoly, certain requirements must be met. Uh, they are typically the same in every, let's say, modern jurisdiction. So an invention must be new, must have an inventive step, and must be of industrial application. But also, that's one of the very important formalities when you file an invention for uh, patenting, wherever it happens, either before the UK Patent Office, before the European Patent Office, the Polish one, or any patent office uh, in Europe or uh, in the US. When you file a patent application, you must uh, indicate uh, an inventor. And as an example, under the UK Patents Act, uh, a right to apply for a patent is vested in every person being an inventor. An inventor in relation to an invention means the actual design divisor of the invention, where a joint inventor shall be construed accordingly. This is very interesting because under the UK law, for example, there are two prerequisites which must be jointly met. This should such an inventor divisor must be a physical person, and he should indeed contribute uh, to making the invention. So that's interesting. And we can have a look on the next slide uh, about some key points which, uh, uh, which were posed after most recent, let's say, case law developments, whether it is necessary to indicate the inventor in the patent application. Can the artificial intelligence system fulfill the conditions of being any person? And what if the actual designer of an invention is not a human. So these are very important practical questions. Uh, and the last one, perhaps the most uh, important, is whether there are any uh, regulations behind those questions which would provide answers. And uh, this answer is yes and no. And why you can have a look on this on this slide, uh, and which provides some background uh, behind European patents, where a European patent application may be filed only by a natural or legal person on anybody equivalent to legal person. But what happens if this applicant as, and this uh, uh, natural person is not the one which should have been um, uh, introduced in the patent application? Such a person can uh, request that the Europa European patent application is refused in case it turns out that the wrong design uh, divisor 
was uh, set out in the patent application. So this is important because it may impact not only the procedure of granting a patent for invention as such, but also its later validity. And what is more, and that's some piece of information on the next slide, is uh, that under the European Patent Convention, this European application must designate the inventor and also uh, it must designate his full name and address, which I think provides some answer as regards to whether AI as such can be uh, listed or indicated in the patent application as an actual inventor. Uh, but let's have a look on, uh, on the next uh, uh, slide as regards uh, the practice before the European Patent Office. Very, very interesting case by uh, Dr. Stephen Taylor from the US who uh, filed several patent applications for his two inventions. Uh, it happened before the EPO, it happened before the UK uh, Patent Office and before the US uh, Patent Office. In all these three uh, forums, uh, inventions were, uh, patents were rejected. And uh, before the EPO, it was stated that the applicant uh, uh, cannot be uh, indicated as an artificial intelligence like Dr. Taylor uh, proposed. Uh, and inventor designated in the application has to be a human being, not a machine. It was very interesting because Dr. Taylor, both before the USPTO, the UK uh, uh, Intellectual Property Office and before the EPO, he mentioned that if he had not shown AI algorithm, this DABUS uh, program as the actual inventor, he would mislead the public. That's why he did it, he said. And his uh, contribution to this invention was uh, next to none. So that's why he wanted to be fair with the, uh, with the market. But eventually, uh, EPO refused granting this uh, uh, patent for those two patent applications. And as you can see in the UK IPO formalities manual, it was updated after this case where AI inventor was set. It's not acceptable as this does not identify as a person which is required by law. The consequence of failing to supply this is that the application is taken to be withdrawn, which is very interesting and which of course will impact uh, the situation where such patent would theoretically be granted. So we can have a look on what happened before the um, UK, England and Wales High Court of Justice. Uh, the same two inventions were refused before the UK IPO. Uh, so it was appealed. And uh, most recently, September last year, there was a judgment issued by the England and Wales High Court of Justice, where Mr. Justice Marcus Smith mentioned that uh, he's uh, behind this general rule that the owner of a thing is owner of the fruits of that thing. And consequently, the owner of a fruit tree, the fruit tree will, generally, will generally own the fruit produced by that tree. He further said that it is quite impossible to say that simply because Dabus, this uh, AI algorithm, has invented something and Dr. Taylor owns Dabus, that Dr. Taylor is entitled to grant of uh, a patent. So he further elaborated saying that there must be either an application by the inventor within the relevant sector of the UK patent law, uh, and Dabus cannot be such an inventor as it is not a person, or the inventor must have transferred the right to apply, enabling Dr. Taylor to apply under one of the sections of the patent 
of the patent law. So uh, this was a long-awaited judgment uh, of the UK court, and uh, the decision of the UK IPO was upheld in, uh, in, in this case, very similar to what has happened before the USPTO. And uh, for sure, the, I, I would say that I consider that the decision uh, the grounded and justified based on the current wording of the relevant regulations. However, it indeed called for action as regards how we should approach and how we should assess inventions being made by artificial intelligence. So uh, when we shift to, uh, to the next uh, slide, we can, we can, we can uh, see why this discussion is important from practical perspective and from business perspective and not just a purely academic uh, point to discuss uh, in universities because it indeed will have impact on uh, the business because when you have a look on the question what happens if a human is no longer a designer under for example the uh, uk ipo approach to the extent sufficient so for example if it just uh, fed the AI algorithm with some of the data, but did not contribute in an inventive way to this final outcome of the of the invention made by the um, uh, by the AI. And for example, if uh, such an invention could be perceived as made jointly by the AI algorithm and the person who worked together with this uh, AI algorithm, uh, both on the input and or or on the output uh, phase of the uh, invention creation then there are very practical and important uh, questions as to whether a human being can indeed perceive himself still as an inventor as or as a patent applicant because it may happen that even though on paper everything is correct under the relevant laws then a year or two years later it may happen that it turns out that his contribution to invention was slight and he did not uh, qualify as an inventor uh, for this particular invention and the patent perhaps should not have been granted um, at all and what is more it will also impact the ownership and subsequent effective assignment of such patents for example when you have a transaction or M&A transaction where patents are the key assets of a, of a given uh, business but what is more if it turns out that inventions as some of you have answered being made by uh, artificial intelligence do not qualify to be patented at all then of course it will impact the business strategy of innovative businesses where they may come to the conclusion that no longer uh, they should be shown to the public rather they should be kept as a kind of black box and keep kept as a trade secret rather than making any patent uh, attempts because you will need to make a disclosure to the public uh, whereas keeping it as a trade secret would still uh, secure your business advantage. So those uh, questions are very vivid. They are very widely and hotly debated right now and, and discussed. And as you may uh, see, there are lots of possible approaches how to solve the problem. So for example, one option is to redefine uh, the inventor saying that it should be a person, but his contribution, innovative contribution does not to be that high. Uh, on the other hand, we may say, take a very, let's say, uh, futuristic approach and say that AI can be indeed an inventor, which is not uh, the case right now under the current uh, uh, regulations. And also, perhaps, there should be a new specific 
group of inventions under the uh, European Patent Convention, under the UK law and the European uh, countries' regulations on patents, which would create a new category of inventions being made by AI where a human as inventor would not to be uh, indicated. So these, these are some proposals right now being discussed and we should, I hope, shortly wait some, uh, await some, uh, see some results. And right now, uh, skipping to creation and works uh, made by artificial intelligence, uh, we would also try to start here with a poll for you. You can have a look on it on the, on the next slide. Mm -hmm. You can see uh, uh, a painting from the next Rembrandt uh, project. Uh, as you can see on this slide, ING commissioned an AI project that created this 3D printed Rembrandt painting uh, that experts agree would be his work. It was completely unexpected for uh, for the for, for the people involved in this project. It was uh, completely created by AI. And here is a question for you: uh, As regards copyright to this AI created painting, who holds the copyrights? Number one is it it is not a copyrightable work at all because it was not created uh, by human. Number two, no one can copyright this work, again, as it was created by AI algorithm. Number three, persons who are co-authors of the AI algorithm. Or perhaps number four, an entity that ordered the work from people who used the AI. Okay, I hope you you are able to make your your vote. So, oh, I cannot hear you. Okay, very very interesting <laughs> results. So uh, yeah, uh, fantastic outcome of, of of the poll, which which uh, which may show how important uh, this legal topic may be in the nearest uh, future. So as you can see, our votes are very uh, equally divided and uh, there is no easy answer. And uh, you are absolutely right in making different, uh, <laughs> uh, in choosing different, different paths in this. Uh, because uh, let's start, for example, with the Singapore Court of yeah, yes. say, one of the things that was interesting was uh, on this poll, you really stumped them. It's very rare this audience has difficulty making up its mind. So I had to leave it open uh, a lot longer than average. And secondly, <laughs> the early answers were all about it is not copyrightable at all. Uh, but as you'll see, they moved heavily uh, over time to the third answer, the persons who are co-authors. So it was a very good question. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you very much for your answers. And uh, what, what, what I was thinking behind that, those questions is that indeed there is no an easy answer be, behind that because uh, when we have a look on this next Rembrandt uh, case and some views of the, of the lawyers uh, so far, it was not anyhow um, decided by any court right now. But the general point of view was that indeed this should meet the threshold of copyrightable work as it is original and it it is uh, fixed on some uh, tangible career. So it meets the criteria of uh, copyrightable work. 
but since uh, a creator cannot be considered an AI algorithm, then we should either uh, vest copyright with uh, programmists, uh, art historians who participated in the project. There are like 20 or 30 persons uh, overall uh, taking part in this project, then they should be considered co-authors. But then again, there is not an easy answer whether each of them has contributed in a creative way, uh, finally, to, uh, to this final project and this painting. And the uh, proposal from the lawyers was that ING should be vested with copyright, as this copyright would be considered a specific type of work, work made for hire, uh, which under the relevant uh, rules would be transferred uh, directly to ING. But in this particular case, there was no question uh, between, the, between the lawyers that this should be considered a copyrightable work. On the other hand, however, when you have a look on this Singapore Court of Appeal case issued in 2019, I think, or 18, uh, by the Court of Appeal in, in Singapore, in, uh, in a case uh, between Global Yellow Pages and Promedia directories, there was a dispute behind whether a compilation of yellow pages or uh, phone books made by artificial intelligence algorithm without any kind of any piece of human participation should qualify as a work or not and the answer before that court was no it is not uh, a copyrightable work because there is no this human creativity aspects behind that and uh, it should be deprived of copyright protection uh, at all. So it's very interesting. I'll, we'll see uh, whether there are any new interesting cases behind AI um, uh, created works. But as you can see, uh, we can have algorithm of artificial intelligence be considered as a painter, as you could have seen in next Rembrandt case, as a writer in uh, deep spare automatically generated news, as a composer, which you can see behind the flow machines, a very interesting project, by the way, or for example, as a designer where AI uh, designed a book cover uh, for uh, the AI uh, age, and finally a director or uh, performer. And again, we have plenty of uh, open questions and open point behind that. So whether this should be granted copyright protection at all, who should be considered the author, and how about the term of protection and enforcement of copyrights in case we come up with uh, to the conclusion that perhaps AI should be somehow granted any uh, copyrights. So uh, just to sum up our discussion, I was thinking uh, uh, which interesting uh, quote from the past would match with our today discussion. And uh, when I found this one, I thought it, it would be very interesting for you because I think that uh, perhaps Friedrich Nietzsche did not even have any kind of uh, similar thoughts in mind when he said that our writing equipment takes part in forming our thoughts. But it looks like that based on the current regulations we have uh, in force uh, in Europe, for sure, uh, indeed, we should consider AI algorithm rather than as a, uh, rather uh, as a kind of uh, tool based on which we as humans make inventions and create works. But of course, it's not obvious. And of course, we may expect some upcoming changes in this respect. So thank you very much uh, for your time. I would be very happy to uh, here to, to, to see your questions and try to answer them as well. And I hope it was interesting. That was excellent, Merrick. Thank you very much. We've got lots of questions and comments, and I, 
I think this is a bit more of a kind of an observation session than it is a definitive legal advice, as you pointed out here. In many ways, I'm reminded of the, um, the, the old Escher picture where one hand is drawing another hand. Uh, you know, this is the kind of this is the sort of area that we're in. And I can almost imagine in some of those science fiction uh, short stories I read as a kid, Asimov and others, you're looking at this concept of can the AI own itself and, and a number of uh, basically recursive issues here. Um, might just start with one. Um, there are quite a few here. Uh, Ian Waddy makes a, a, an interesting point that you could, I think, comment on about the owner of the AI algorithm. So in the uh, example that you gave on the, uh, the Rembrandt, you, you were looking very much at, uh, the audience came down very much in favor that ING owned it because mm -hmm. the, the, being FS Club, they followed the money. And so they said, well, <laughs> you know, whoever pays owns it. Uh, but Ian's kind of curious, you know, is it the originator of the algorithm or the person wielding the algorithm for the particular use case? Any thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, that, that, there was a debate behind that, whether which persons, if I understood the question correctly, uh, uh, which persons behind the AI algorithm should be considered authors, right? Uh, of, mm -hmm. So um, uh, there was a discussion behind that. And indeed, the question is very good because uh, it is uncertain uh, whether each and every programmist uh, who contributed to development of this uh, AI algorithm, but also other people like art historians and other contributors, uh, not necessarily uh, creators of the AI tool as such, should be perceived uh, creators of the final outcome and the piece of work uh, made by uh, uh, by this AI algorithm. There was no, uh, let's say, decisive answer to that, but uh, the proposal was that with respect to each of those co-authors, respective uh, uh, tests should be performed, whether he contributed in an original way to the final um, outcome of uh, of the AI uh, work. So in other words, whether his contribution was purely technical or whether um, it was more um, creative so that he should be considered co-author, which is anyway very, uh, very interesting as uh, in case you have a look on the different uh, approach on uh, either patenting or protecting as copyrights AI algorithm as such, which is also another huge uh, point to discuss, for example, between the U.S. approach and and the European approach, where we protect uh, copyright, uh, where we protect software uh, through uh, copyrights, not patents as such. Just following up on that, Ian had a couple of other points. This is Ian Wadi again um, about that creativity point. So, supervised learning is directed at a task by a person. Unsupervised learning is a classification technique. Um, you know, what are your thoughts? Is, is AI actually capable of original thought or is that restricted to persons? And he gives an interesting point here, you know, can a mathematician be creative? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a great uh, question uh, with, let's say, again, unfortunately, not an easy answer behind that because, uh, and, and, and it did, it touches upon the first slide we had where the proposal for artificial intelligence is extremely, extremely broad. Uh, it wasn't expected to, uh, to come like this uh, when the uh, proposal was awaited, especially given the very broad variety of techniques which are being considered as contributing to, uh, to AI. And uh, 
uh, it's even more interesting that when you have a look on the uh, considerations made by the uh, high-level group before the European Commission earlier, they focused uh, very much on the rationality of the AI system to come up uh, with certain solutions based on what they are fed uh, from the environment. And uh, this threshold of rationality was, was the key element uh, when deciding whether we deal with uh, artificial intelligence or not. And right now, it is being said, actually, that in Europe, uh, we will need to consider AI uh, actually every piece of software, even if typically, and by scientists and experts, this should not be considered artificial intelligence at all. But uh, this is very interesting, especially when you have a look on what consequences will be applied to operators of artificial intelligence in such broad understanding. Hmm. Uh, Bob McDowell and Trevor Hilder make some interesting points. Bob first, he's looking here at, um, you know, can AI be granted personality? Not according to current legal principles. Um, but the issue should clearly not be left to the judiciary, in his opinion. Any determination on legal personality has to be left to the legislature, he, he would argue. Uh, Trevor Hilder uh, makes a, a lovely point. Trevor, well done. Uh, apparently, there was a, a contention about in, in India about the legal status of gods and goddesses. Uh, and the British came up with a solution, of course, which is that they are considered to be legal minors. Uh, but to, what, what is the status of AI potentially as personality? Ah, yes, that, that's another very good question. And there was a discussion, uh, I think, and the paper was prepared by, uh, by the European Commission or European Parliament about that. It was quite, let's say, comprehensive and detailed um, in its scope. And eventually, uh, right now, so uh, business as usual. So uh, both machines or AI algorithms uh, are not considered to be uh, to be to be to, to to enjoy or to be vested with legal personality as such, for many different uh, reasons. And uh, the main point behind that is uh, uh, we could not, let's say, make a clear change of law in order to provide or to vest uh, artificial intelligence or machines with uh, uh, legal personality, because the whole civil at least uh, regime in Europe would collapse and uh, there would be plenty of unanswered questions uh, concerning uh, liability for damages, for example, caused by uh, such AI algorithm or a machine with AI algorithm having legal personality, uh, about transfer of ownership, about uh, having uh, judicial capability or capability of bringing claims and so on. So until now, it is said that although this concept is very interesting, for example, also in terms of uh, pointing AI as an inventor for invention, but uh, there is no uh, pro concrete proposal right now to, uh, to make any changes in that respect, at least in Europe. Well, uh, well, back in India, Trevor Hilder, just as an aside, points out that Indian gods and goddesses own trillions of dollars worth of assets through their trustees, you know, the temples full of treasures. So, very <laughs> thank you so much, Trevor, for that. Um, uh, moving along on that line, just a little bit further, back to Bob. Bob, Bob says, you know, the companies have been endowed with legal personality, but they can be wound up. So, if we had sort of a, a vehicle like that, how does one terminate the life or personality of an AI? 
if an AI actually had a legal personality, what would the process be for destroying it? <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that 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 that's a that's a that's a good approach, yeah, and and a good argument, I think, uh, which is not that easy to counteract, uh, I would say, because when you have this theoretical concept of uh, legal entities, then indeed it may uh, as well be used to discuss in detail the concept of legal personality for uh, artificial intelligence. On the other hand, uh, we know that this 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 legal concept um, uh, in Europe. Uh, is, let's say, um, some kind of contractual, a kind of uh, arrangements between persons saying that at the very end, it is the management uh, board or a supervisory board, uh, which consists of human beings that make the decision about, uh, um, uh, about what the legal entity will do or will not do. And, uh, and for this reason, it may be an argument to somehow distinguish anyway uh, legal entities from another uh, theoretical concept as uh, artificial intelligence, but but that can be used as a very good argument for discussing legal personality in the future, uh, being granted or being invested to uh, artificial intelligence algorithms. Okay, um, got uh, an interesting question here um, as well uh, about really competence. You know. Uh, but let, let, let's go to the, what, what is the status of improvement patents in the AI context? The, meaning if an algorithm is invented by an individual human, what happens to an improvement made through machine learning without further human intervention? Can that improvement be patented? And that's by, by uh, Hugh Purser. Mm -hmm. I, I would say that that's, that's a very good question. And I would say that so far uh, they should be considered uh, inventions uh, being subject to uh, granted, being granted a patent, uh, patent right, as long as uh, the prerequisites of novelty, inventive step, and industrial applicability are met. And there are no, let's say, um, rules which would prevent this improvement from being patented, uh, even in those circumstances which, uh, which you have outlined right now. Uh, unless, unless in the future it will turn out that a person being indicated as the author, as the inventor, as the designer of the invention did not have any uh, inventive input whatsoever in this improvement and somebody would like to take benefit out of it and try to attack the validity of the patent based on uh, false information being provided at the stage of filing invention for patenting. Okay. Uh, we've had a couple of questions from a variety of people, so all along the same lines. So I won't name check everyone, but Ian Waddy again, and I think Scott Bryan, and, and a few others. Uh, and it's basically about uh, autonomous vehicles, you know, the liability thereof, you know, current property law, things like that uh, seem to be moving in, in this area. Who would be responsible in the event of an accident, the owner of the car, the creator of the car, or given this discussion, the creator of the AI algorithm? Yeah, and that's actually uh, that, that 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 that's a great question, and I and I, and I think that's actually uh, absolutely within the scope of the most recent papers proposed by the by the European Commission, uh, where simultaneously there was this AI draft regulation and machinery regulation, which will deal with specific risk-based regimes uh, behind uh, using. Uh, AI in different types of, um, um, of, of, of machines or uh, devices. And it will 
basically uh, be based on four different types of level of threat with which AI can cause. So some, uh, the, the first level is just neutral. There is this uh, insignificant scope of uh, risk caused by artificial intelligence, like chatbots, for example. But the third level is a high risk level where very specific rules would need to be observed by the uh, uh, operator of the AI on the market. And on the fourth grade, we have this unacceptable risk, uh, artificial intelligence, which impact human behavior in a way which is not acceptable by the, uh, by the legislator. And coming back to your questions, uh, again, this would be considered on a risk uh, uh, base analysis, uh, whether and to what extent the operator of the artificial intelligence being used in autonomous vehicle will, um, will be liable for damages caused by, uh, by such vehicle. We've got time for just two, two more questions, really. Um, Edwina Morton makes a point, uh, and I think where she's driving at this is why patent at all. The, the idea of not applying for patents in order to let, protect intellectual property is not new. I once attended an event with Brompton Cycles where this was explained. They knew that their IP would be mimicked in countries that do not have reliable patent procedures. Does this sort of problem not also apply in space to AI invention? And I must say my personal view over many years has been just not to patent this sort of uh, thing and to stay away from it where possible. So any comments about that as a strategy? Absolutely, yeah, that's a strategy, and 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 it, it, it's uh, always a strategy regardless of whether AI is behind an invention or not. And I think it's even more important right now because when there is any kind of doubt behind whether uh, making a disclosure for patent would be unsuccessful eventually because it would be either not granted or invalidated because uh, of the let's say uh, questionable offer behind the behind the invention. Uh, it may even more encourage business to keep it as a black box and uh, protect it as a trade secret as long as it's possible and as long as re reverse engineering cannot apply and um, and protect it as as a trade secret uh, in uh, in different uh, tools and devices where ai solutions uh, are embedded well, um, I'll conclude on a kind of a double question, which fits together neatly. Uh, Bob McDowell, again, but along with Scott Bryan, if I might put them together. Bob is, how competent is the EU in addressing regulation or practice in this area, given the velocity of development? Uh, and Scott wonders, you know, really, what do you think are the prospects of actual legislation coming out of the EU? In his opinion, it just seems an attempt to jump on a bandwagon they don't understand. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, that, that I, I, I can concur and I can agree. Uh, I, I've, uh, I've read the, uh, the information behind uh, proposing uh, those papers uh, on the EU level, and the idea is, uh, let's say, a kind of need or a wish to make Europe a leader in development of, uh, let's say, uh, responsible artificial intelligence. So not only to speed up the process as such, but also to make sure that unlike in any other region as of now, for example, uh, the use of artificial intelligence will be ethical and safe for human beings, where human will be uh, in, a, in the center of, uh, of the whole project. So that was the idea. But again, uh, indeed, there are lots of voices which say that uh, it's it's another example where 
not necessarily the views of the experts and um, the views of the uh, technicians were sufficiently taken into account were proposing very far-reaching uh, legal uh, instruments behind the use of, of AI. But uh, lots, of, uh, uh, lots of lawyers right now, for example, and the business says that this project will be very uh, discussed in detail uh, before the European Parliament, and it may happen that it will be substantially changed uh, before it reaches its final version. Wow. Well, we've covered a tremendous amount of ground. Very thought provocative. Uh, and uh, really, thank you so much, Mary. I've got uh, three quick rounds of thanks. Uh, firstly, uh, very much to our sponsors who allow us to cover these subjects. But very clearly, we're going to be looking at software creating software. And uh, uh, that, that certainly features uh, enormously in every area to do with technology, economics and finance. And I myself, um, I'm really quite, you know, quite curious. You look at this, and I started my early career in CAD CAM, and just to take AutoCAD as one of the early folks in that space, if, if every architect and designer in the world said that really they had a hand in this, but AutoCAD came in and said, no, we provided the ability to do it, a bit like the design software you showed earlier, uh, that would be crazy. And don't forget, of course, the, the recursive circularity here. Trevor Hilder has given up on Indian gods and goddesses, but he is obviously elevated the judiciary uh, to, to the status of deities. He says, how about when AI judges start making legal pronouncements? Anyway, the audience today, as well as our sponsors, have been superb, really thought-provoking questions, folks, who are most enjoyable. And uh, just a reminder, tomorrow morning, we have a very special event with Sir Vince Cable, um, and I'd encourage you to sign up for it at 9 o'clock. We're going to be talking deep about UK-China relationships. So if you have a genuine interest in China, by all means, join this fairly exclusive discussion group tomorrow morning at 9. And as ever, the rest is on the website. But my, my sincere thanks need to go to Merrick, who constantly surprises me with the depth of his knowledge as a lawyer about what matters in not just e-signatures today. Um, all right, all right. I won't call it machine learning. Artificial intelligence. Uh, and it's been really, really super to have you, Merrick. And we hope to have you back again sometime on another one of your specialties. Uh, but I need, to, I need to now use physical devices, uh, not software, to say thank you. So I have my Korean karmic offer. Uh, we, we thank you sincerely. Take care. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, everyone. It was a great pleasure. Take care. Really good. Thank to you. Bye-bye.